Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode Number 12, on this Overreaction Monday. We're back from the bye week. We're ready to go. NBA, NFL on today's slate. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Okay, so now we're going to start off the day talking about J.J. Watt. He sat down with Cal McNair, the owner of the Houston Texans, and they talked about him and them mutually parting ways. Cal McNair requested... Bro, wait, bro, hold on. You're you're lagging so You lagged a little bit right there. Yeah, but just... Holy shit, that was bad. I didn't even notice. Just Okay, so we're going to start off today with J.J. Watt. He sat down with the Houston Texans owner, Cal McNair, and they agreed to mutually part ways. The Texans could have easily traded uh, J.J. Watt and gotten a pick for him, but they wanted to give him a head start on free agency with all he's done with the franchise over the last 10 years. So now, guys, where do you think J.J. Watt's going to end up? Well, I mean, I want to start off with this. Well-deserved. See, you look at the Texans right now, Jack Easterby, Cal McNair, these guys, man, I mean, it just seems like they're lost. But doing that for J.J. Watt was really good, and I respect that. Because, you know, you could have traded him for a first-round pick, second-round pick, whatever it may be, but that would have been effed up, man. That would have been effed up. So yeah. good for them. It's important to treat the veterans with respect. I Agreed. remember when Dave Gettleman was in Carolina, a lot of the vets said, like, they hated him, how he handled, like, releasing Steve Smith and how he handled the Josh Norman situation. So it's, like, obviously, like, in a perfect world, you would get like a second round pick for JJ Watt, but I think it's important to treat your veterans. Yeah. And it sets a tone for the rest of the locker room. It sets a tone mm-hmm. for free agents who want to yeah. come to Houston potentially down the line. Then, like, hey, you treated JJ like this. I'll be treated like this, maybe. Who knows? But my second thing is I honestly think a sleeper team here is the Cleveland Browns for JJ Watt. And now it might not seem like, you know, the brothers, it might not be like the narrative that everyone wants it, the brothers or him going back to his hometown of Wisconsin, but. Cleveland desperately needs a pass rush. That's why it was one of their main weaknesses this season. Um, so if they can get another edge rusher, Paramount Miles Garrett, imagine what that would do for JJ because you have him being single teamed. And all of a sudden you got Miles Garrett, you got JJ Watt. That's a real powerhouse. You need a second edge rusher. They have Miles Garrett already. But if you get JJ Watt, guys, this is a this is a team that can actually go the distance and go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, that's the main reason they didn't go all the way this year. Their defense was pretty bad, actually. And adding another pass rusher. J.J. Watt can still play. I think some people forget that. He's been hurt a lot. Especially if he's single-teamed. Especially if he's not, you know. Exactly. He's not even the main guy anymore. So, I think a big question is, like, how much money is he demanding in free agency? Like, Will he sign for cheap to go to a winning team? Or is he looking for, like, $12 million a year? Because I think that cuts a lot of these teams. Like, the Steelers, for example, aren't going to pay that much money for a pass rusher, I don't think. Dude, they're 20 think, million over the cap. This yeah, I think that also opens it up for like a team like Tampa Bay, for example. Like if he wants to go if to the Bucs or around. Cheap, yeah, but yeah, if, if three, three to five deal. million dollars. Tampa you know. doesn't need a pass rusher. They got plenty of other guys to re-sign. So I yeah, think I honestly, listen, I don't honestly think this though. You know, you know, exactly, Frank. So I think that with the, the salary cap this year, a lot of teams are over the cap. Remember that, guys. So mm-hmm. yeah, if he wants to win a ring, guys, and especially the winning teams, if he wants to win a ring, he's having to take a minimum deal. That, that's the bottom line. If he doesn't I mean, want he's to win, made win, enough money in his he's career. He's made anyways, enough money, dude. He he's going to take the deal. No better place than he's, Tampa. Yeah, he's going to re-sign him. He's going to sign a minimum deal. It's going to be like a Calais Campbell deal in Baltimore. He's not going to ask for a lot of money. It's going to be real simple. He wants to win, dude. These guys want to win. They don't want money. Think he I wants more money. So. I would hate to see him demand a ton of money and play for some garbage. I don't think so. I think J.J. Wattman, that guy's an incredible dude, man. That, that guy's an incredible person. I mean, I know that doesn't really correlate with, like, you know, having money. If he wants his money, then good for him, too. But I think, you know, with him 
he's definitely going to want to win. He's had enough of the losing. He's had enough of, of Houston, that shitty organization. He wants to win a Terrible. ring, guys. So, I mean, I, I think that, that, would, that would be a great spot for him. Um, definitely. Um, Cleveland, Green Bay. I think Tampa, you guys said that. that anywhere would yeah, really Tampa. be good. Green Bay's another but, team. I don't think they have a lot of cap space. They don't. No, a lot of these teams don't have any cap space. It's just most that, of the winning know, playoff teams don't have, don't really have yeah, much cap you look space. At at every all. dude, it's all looking like you see the same yeah, thing. Tampa, Jacksonville at the top, bro. Tampa yeah, but can't. But Tampa has to. Tampa has but they to have sign a lot of Barrett, yeah. Godwin. Yeah, they can. They can right. cut guys. Like they can cut Cameron Brates. Has like a six million dollar. Oh, OJ Howard. OJ Howard is a big eight million dollars. Like a six million dollar cap hit, and Golson doesn't even play. You know. Yeah. So they can no, but for sure. But then they also have like. Shaq Barry who wants to break the bank. He's going to want $20 million. I don't think they should. I, I really, I'm still not bought. Dude, Shaq Barrett's a, he's a stud. Season. He had a very quiet regular season. He had the big Super Bowl game, but like, come on. They were playing. I mean, he has the most pressures the over line. the last two years out of any edge. Yeah, rusher. he's been an elite pass rusher along with Chandler Jones. I mean, he but was hurt this year. that over like Levante David and Chris Godwin? I don't think I would. No, because then what if a guy like J.J. Watt wants to come for $5 million a year? Exactly. Yeah. You know what? That see, that's where it opens up the doors. That's why I think Shaq Barrett might be better off somewhere else because he wants to break the bank. And JJ Watt, maybe that's the plan. I think Frank, you just like kind of predicted the future right there. But um, anyway, we don't want to talk about Russell Wilson, guys, because this is my favorite topic of the day. If I'm being honest with you guys, Russell Wilson is frustrated with the Seahawks. Um, the offensive line he's had over the years has been just really, really bad. No other way to put it. It's been terrible. But um. He wants out, obviously, or he doesn't want out. That's like the wrong way to put it. He doesn't want out. But he wants the Seahawks to finally listen to him and adjust the needs of the team at offensive line. Instead of going for a defensive guy, another receiver, he wants them to target the offensive line. And he's had enough of this organization with, with them passing nine years in a row, just not taking offensive linemen, not prioritizing. Like, they turned to Max Ugner for, like, Jimmy Graham. Remember mm-hmm. that? They had a good center, a, a top five center in the NFL and you're like, oh, I want Jimmy Graham, this this new flashy toy. You know what? That was that was an awful trade. So, guys, I'll pass it to you guys. Should Russell Wilson actually request a trade from Seattle, or um, you know, should he just stay put and hopefully they put the pieces around him to succeed? He's not going to. Like there was these rumors every year. I remember two years ago, people were photoshopping him in Giants jerseys. Like, like yeah, that, yeah, but that was like not real because that was because of the contract negotiations, though, right? Yeah. But that was this, different. This stuff comes out. This stuff comes out every year. He has every right to be frustrated. They've done a terrible job of surrounding him with talent. They struck gold with DK Metcalf for sure, but they've done a terrible job. They don't. They never have an offensive line. They never have a defense anymore. This has like been the last three years. I'm looking at their draft picks right now. Do you guys even know who their first round pick was this year? Jordan, oh, it was awful. It, it was they, Jordan they, Brooks, they right? Collier last year, Rashad Penny the year before. Like they're just not getting talent on this team. If they didn't have Russell Wilson, they wouldn't be winning football games. The thing with Seattle is they've always like figured like Russell Wilson will solve our problems. Like he was always at that point in his career where he could run around in the pocket and he would solve their problems, solve their issues on the offensive line, solve their issues of receivers, not getting open as much. But now it comes to the point, like you said, he's getting older, comes to a point in his career. Russell Wilson needs help. He's going to start needing more help. And if they're not going to want to give that to him, you know, he has a reason to be bad. He also came out and talked about the playbook. A lot of guys on the offense did it's heavy run on first and second down and then deep play, deep pass coming in on third down. It's very predictable. Every first down is a run. You know what's crazy, though, is that um, I think we've seen with Deshaun Watson, the, the NFL can turn into NBA, and that's my point here I'm trying to make, is that, you know, right now, it's not like that. Players and right league. now, 
And right now, right now it's a, it's a, it's a GM league. It's like, it's like an owner's league. Owner's league is a perfect way to put it. Like the owners have all the power, right? And that's why Russell Wilson over the years, you've seen reports about him being frustrated, but him staying in Seattle, despite him being frustrated. But maybe this is the off season where the players stand up for themselves. Like the Sean Watson, like um, Carson Wentz, even you could say that because he wants to trade out. Then obviously Russell Wilson, and they actually move quarterbacks and they turn into guys like James Harden. They turn to guys in the NBA, all Anthony these stories who want out over the years, and they actually you know change locations. I think this could be the start with Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Yeah, I mean it's possible. I don't see him leaving though, and it's it's like it's so different than the NBA because you can team up Kevin Durant and James Harden, but like you can't team up Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson in the NFL. Well, no, I'm not trying to. I, that's not my was, point at all. I'm trying to say there's moving. only like a handful of good teams that don't have a quarterback like outside of the Niners and maybe the Colts, the like Colts. who else would you even, I don't know who else would. Yeah. Most of the other teams that they would have to go to, would have to, you're basically restarting. So yeah, it'd be like the same thing as Seattle, just a bad. Well, Indian, but Indianapolis, see, like, I think Russell, do you think Russell Wilson doesn't have on his mind Indianapolis? And yeah, do you think like, Deshaun Watson doesn't have San Francisco on his mind? Give up like three first overall picks, a, another good player. Like, I don't know. Okay. Even, but they, they could do it. I mean, who says they I can't? Guess. I don't, I don't and they have the cap space to bring in the contract. The thing is, is a lot of these teams, especially the Colts, they've been like very passive aggressive. So they really haven't spent a lot of their money in free agency, just paying, you know, any big name that hits the market and like saving their draft picks. We've seen the Colts hit on a lot of their draft well. picks. Yeah. yeah. Colts have been, Jonathan yeah, Taylor. The Seahawks Michael haven't been drafting well. Nelson, it's going like to catch up at Tim Kelly. It's already yeah, caught up with them. They, they're, they're a terrible team outside of their quarterback and their two receivers. Yeah. And if the Niners well, it's, end it's up getting a good quarterback, them. Yeah. if the Niners end up getting a half decent quarterback, the Seahawks will make the playoffs next year. They might be the worst team in the division. Yeah, because the Cardinals are heating up. They're on the rise. Obviously, the Rams, they got Stafford. The Rams are one of the best teams in the league now. So, the the Seahawks, like, they're they're just bound to go down. Unless Russell Wilson stays there and wins eight games, nine games for them, they're bound to tank so So hard. That's what it'll have every year. Every year, they'll win eight, nine, ten games just because having a good quarterback is so valuable. Yeah. Well, okay, so um, now let's move on to Deshaun Watson and um, any potential trade rumors involving him. I saw recently that the Jets are not on his desired list, and the Broncos appear to be the leaders right now, but the Niners are also a possible contender. So what do we think about that? Oh, man. I, I See, that was just we were just talking about this. Like, if the Niners get an actual quarterback, Seattle will be done because you're going to have to play a good quarterback and a good team in the division the whole time. I think the Niners would be – instantly contenders if they got the Sean Watson it's just a matter of, like you said a lot of these good teams like the Niners especially them they've been drafting really well Brandon Ayuk Debo Samuel Nick Bosa um you know do they really want to give up one of these potential you know studs in their franchise and draft picks draft capital for Deshaun Watson I don't know if they do so I don't even so I'm honestly sick and he- I'm sick of hearing these debates of like should you give up dude well, for Deshaun Watson, you give up anything, bro. Like, what, what are we talking yeah. about? With you, yeah, are not going to give they, up all the things. The Niners just said the Niners just said that the, if they can't get Deshaun Watson, that they're okay with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, like, but they, you know, if you can't, if you can't get Deshaun Watson, but if you they're can, not going to give, they're not going to. But they're, to that Watson. basically means they're not going to give up the house. They'll just stick with Garoppolo. No, if no, I think that means more. If they can't get Deshaun Watson, like they're not going to try to get like a guy like Carson Wentz. They'll stick with Garoppolo if they can't get uh, Watson, but they won't go out and get like Wentz. Okay, but then if these teams are so willing to go get these quarter, go get Watson. Why are why are teams not call, picking up the phone already? Frank, why isn't the there draft, been a trade? It's it's still early in free agency, dude. Yeah, that could be Adam Schefter said multiple too. times that it's not gonna happen until the draft. The, yeah, the trade will not happen. They're just saying like, oh, we're not so desperate for Deshaun Watson. It's like they don't want to look desperate when they're trying to trade for him. 
Like, I, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that, like, they really want Deshaun Watson, especially over Jimmy G. Yeah. yeah I think the trade won't happen for a while. I think Adam Schefter, how many times has he had to go on the line and say that it's not happening until after the draft? So enough with rushing this. If it doesn't happen by March 1st, are we going to say, oh, no one wants Deshaun Watson? It's because you have to wait. It's patience. The, the, the NFL I mean, the Texans like are also trying months. to hang on to him. So Yeah, but, like, he doesn't want to play with them. Why yeah, I think – yeah. You know what reminds me of Carson Palmer? Remember when uh, he had to retire from the Bengals? He retired from the Cincinnati Bengals to get a trade to the Cardinals, I believe. That yeah, was basically mess. what Gronk did this year. But yeah, but, yeah, but Watson can't do that because then he would he's lose all that money. money. Yeah, he would lose all that money. Like, yeah, I mean, he's still on that. He can't lose so. up because Carson Palmer was on like expiring deal, I think, or he was on like one year left. At, like it was a cheap deal. It was a rookie deal, so he's like, "Fuck it, I'm retiring." But. You know, with Deshaun Watson, you can't leave $180 million on the table to retire no, and move teams. So the Texans had the leverage in that sense. But it's going it's to be 100%. wild. All right, so now we're going to switch gears and get into the NFL, uh, NBA. We were just in the NFL. And we're going to talk about the Utah Jazz to start off. Still on fire. Won 18 out of the last 19. Giannis mm-hmm. actually said the Jazz is the best team in the NBA. They're currently on a seven-game winning streak and still sitting number one atop the West. So, guys, what do you have to say about the Jazz? All right, so before Graf goes, I know Graf's on the, the, the Jazz hype all along. I'll <laughs> say this. Giannis said they're the best team, right? Does Giannis know how to evaluate talent? Does Giannis know, does Giannis know what a true championship team looks like? Because clearly, he's the, he, he signed the deal in Milwaukee, so he thinks Milwaukee's a championship team. And clearly, we're seeing how that's working out. So, Giannis clearly doesn't know how to evaluate teams and how good they actually are. So I'm not buying into Giannis' hype, whatever Giannis wants to say. But the Lakers are the best team in the NBA, okay? And then the, and then the Brooklyn Nets are. So they're not the best. Te- Get out of here with that, first of all. And second of all, regular season win streaks. I'll, I'll point to this one. Rockets 2018. They go on a 16-game win streak with Chris Paul and James Harden. They still lose to the Warriors in six games. It was a year that they were second round of the playoffs, Warriors, uh, lost to Warriors in six games. They went on a 16-game win streak. Are we, were, are we, were we sitting there? Being like other Rockets championship contenders. I mean, probably. I'm, I'm sure there's conversation about that. But don't buy into this false hype that a win streak in the regular season means anything. Because in the, the bottom line is they'll probably lose to the Lakers in the second round of the playoffs this year. The Clippers, the any, any team in the West, really. Well, I think the Jazz are the best regular season team in the NBA. I don't necessarily think it's going to translate to postseason success. I've seen this team draw a lot of comparisons to the Hawks from a few years ago where they had a bunch of solid role players and they won 60 games, but then they make it to the conference finals and they get swept. I think we could be seeing a similar situation here, but I think this team has more potential long-term because I'm really impressed with what I've seen from Donovan Mitchell this year. Um, And Jordan Clarkson has almost had like a resurgence. Like he's just been great for them this year. He's a potential six man of the year candidate. But I mean, yeah, I, I obviously Giannis, like I don't really care what he has to say. But they are playing like the best team in the NBA right now for the regular season. So, I, I don't know. I'm not, Obviously, I'm not bought into them as contenders, so they're not winning the title. Oh, sneaking Teams, you know, like the Jazz, give it their all in the regular season on a nightly basis, where it seems like the Nets really only give a shit on national TV when they're playing on national television. Um, and then, like you've seen, we, we were just saying earlier, they lost the Wizards, the Grizzlies, the Thunder, the Cavs twice. So, like, mm-hmm. some of these teams only come out and play every so often and on other nights. The Jazz, you know, they come out and play every night. But like you said, once they get yeah. to the playoffs and the teams like the Lakers and Clippers actually start playing defense, it's a completely different story. This team will not go – they won't even make the conference finals. They could be the best regular season team and win 65 games, but it doesn't matter. 
Yeah, that, that team would like even the Raptors teams, DeMar DeRozan. Remember all those teams? They racked up like yeah, they'd win 60 games every year, and no they, one really bought into them. And then, like, they were just losing like to LeBron, they, 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 got, swept, they got swept by LeBron with like yeah. the 2018 Cavs that were that were brutal. I would say Victor Oladipo even took them to seven games. Jalen, Jalen, or Jason Tatum, his rookie year, took him to seven games, and they got swept. They were nowhere to be found in the playoffs. So, I mean, you know, to be honest with you, man, could the Jazz be good? Absolutely. But I'm not buying into it. At least for me, I'm not. But um, probably should move on to the next topic, which is the Heat and the Raptors. They are they are kind of back on track, I would say. They're not really on fire as of now. But the way they started both those teams, they kind of seem to be back up um, in the conversation they were in the bubble um, this summer. But can the, can the Heat, can the Raptors – are, are we going to put them – I'll ask this question. Are we going to put them in the same place we were, like, in August, for example? Like, are they back to the level they were in, like, August or October, like, last season? I don't I don't know. I, I would say first – the let me – I'll touch on the Raptors. I think Siakam is just not a viable first option on an, on an NBA team. I don't think he is. And I think Lowry's age is really getting to him this season, especially with the shorter offseason that they had. So I don't think the Raptors are there yet necessarily. Like, they've obviously been lucky with their player development. Guys like Norman Powell and uh, Chris Boucher playing, like, over expectations. But the Raptors, it's not the same. They're playing well as of now, but I don't think they're the same that they were. And I think Graf would probably agree with Miami as well. They're just not the same. Well, I think the difference with Miami is they, they've had some legitimate injuries. Like, Jimmy yeah. Buck missed a bunch of games. Um, Bam's missed a few games. Like, the Raptors, I think, were just overrated. I think the Heat were a little overrated too. Like they're not a like a finals contender finals team like they t- yeah, did exactly. last year. But I think they're better than their record says they are. Like they'll they'll be a playoff team. They'll probably win a series or two. But as for the Raptors, no, nah, they're I mean they might sneak yeah. into the playoffs. That's not you know what I think about the Heat. I think they're right above the Pacers. After what I saw them to the Pacers in the first round last year, they absolutely bullied the living shit of the Indiana Pacers. They stood no chance. They didn't belong on the same floor. And Jimmy Butler talking all that smack to TJ Warren. I mean, that series, I watched every game of it. That felt like a little kid um, getting beat up by his older brother. Like, that felt like a beat down, man. Like, that didn't, it wasn't even close. So, I think the Heat, right above the Ra- the Pacers, excuse me. So, like, their fifth seed in the East. And then fifth, the yeah. Raptors, I think that, you know, 6-7. Because I think Toronto was bound to take a fall off with Lowry getting older. With the rest of this team, they lose Serge Ibaka. Remember that? So, I think the Raptors were bound to fall off a little bit. The Heat, though, I think the Heat should still be taken a little bit more serious than the people are kind of do right now, just because all the injuries, like Graf said, all the COVID protocols that have you know allowed Jimmy Butler to miss some games, allowed Gordon Hero Drogge to miss like a few seven games. games. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. so people have missed a few games on, on that team. So I think the Heat, they're fine. Raptors, um, the sorry, the but Heat right now off. though, I'm looking at their schedule. They're on their West Coast trip right now with games at the Clippers, Warriors, and Lakers all in the next five days. So. <sighs> tough yeah that, that already tough. Four games under. so i mean people aren't going to start taking them seriously until they win games and we might have to wait a little bit for that even if they get to like the five so like dude what is it going to take to get the five seed in the east look at the Not celtics much. are 13 and 13 into the four seed 13 yeah the and 13, east is guys. just a train wreck this year it's one of the worst ones we've seen in a while actually so mm-hmm. if the heat can just get to like tw- like 72 game season the heat can get to like 36 and 36 they'll be the four seed so they'll 30, be 30 wins will be enough to make the playoffs, honestly. It will be. 30 and, and 32 I, might be enough. And, and imagine to make the playing game, 20, 25 wins might be enough to make the playing game. The Bulls it's will be in the playoff in the playing game with a 33% win percentage. Yeah, it will be ridiculous, dude. So oh. That's what I'm saying. I think that 
you know, the Raptors or the Heat, excuse me, the Heat should have nothing to worry about because the, the, the East is just so, is so brutal. And mm-hmm. I, I, why is it so much worse than the West? That's like another thing. Like, seriously, how is the fourth team seed in the West better than the fifth seed in the East? Like, because like the Thunder would be like probably above 500 in the East with the schedule they, that they play in the, the East. playoffs for sure. Yeah. So th- this doesn't make any sense to me how there could be that big of a talent gap. In it's been like this for a while, not this big, but yeah, a noticeable gap. Well, that's why they were talking about doing just the one through 16 seeded playoff because of the the unbalance with the conferences. It's just crazy though, because like you, you definitely something that should be consideration. Unbelievable. 20 plus years of this. You don't really see this in other sports either. It's so unorthodox. It's just so Mm -hmm. And it's been like this, like you said, for like what, four or five years. So 20 years. The West has been better for like the last 20 years. It's been like that. Yeah. Because remember, even like days with like the Lakers, like the the Lake Kobe, Shaq, I remember the East teams used to get early two thousand. Yeah, right after the Bulls win the nineties, I mean, you had the Lakers dynasty, the Spurs dynasty. The Nets made the finals. That 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 team was not yeah, really that exactly. good. Even that and Nets team made the finals awful. the one year. Yeah, like that. Yeah, and then Iverson. Yeah, they bad. won the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sick. That Sixers team was awful. Too. And then and, and then Allen Iverson and then recently, them. we had the Warriors dynasty. The only. Eastern team that made it was the Cavs for what? The Heat Heat and Cavs. It's been LeBron. It's It's been LeBron. LeBron. But yeah. He's had to carry that conference potentially, maybe a little bit. All right. So moving on to some other fringe uh, Eastern Conference teams, the Knicks and the Hornets, I think, are two teams that have exceeded expectations. I actually thought the Hornets would be the worst team in the NBA coming this season, or at least close to the Pistons. Um, So I wasn't totally wrong, but the Hornets and Knicks have been exceeding (laughs) expectations. So um, well, I know you guys are Knicks fans, so uh, let's hear what you have to say about that. Well, I don't know. I, I really – I'm afraid about – I'm, like, worried about the Knicks. They're very weird. They play really well against teams that are very They're good, good teams, teams yeah. that are above 500. And then, like, it, they just take nights off against these teams that they should be beating. Um, and it's it kind of, like, worries me. And the thing with the Knicks, too, is at the end of the game, I know, like, the Bulls, I think, have a similar problem because I don't think Levine's there yet. They just don't have a guy that can go get you a basket at any point. And I think that, you know, the ball's in the hands of Julius Randle maybe too much and Alfred Payne. I think that, like, R.J. Barrett would be that guy. He's just not getting enough usage. So that's the thing that scares me. Like, when you play against these other teams in the East, the better teams you're going to play against, these teams that you need to beat, you need a guy that can go get a bucket at the end of the game. And I don't think the Knicks have that, and that's why I think they're going to fall off. And I don't think the success is sustainable. They possibly could be, like, a 9-10 seed to make a play-in game. They'll get their ass kicked. But it'd be yeah. just nice to see them somewhere around there if they could stay. <laughs> but look, boat. dude, I think people don't understand how bad the East is. Like, I'm looking at the standings right now, guys, and I kid you not, like the Pacers this year, they're really nothing special. I've watched there's, a couple there's of there's more teams year. over 500 in the East. It they're make, really nothing special, it guys. Make like any the Pacers. Sense. So, and then the Celtics, even like this year, their center. They're, we talk about it a little later, but they're not playing good ball. They're three and seven last ten games. The, the Hornets, are we scared of the Hornets? I mean, uh, I mean, LaMelo no. Ball is playing great. Gordon Hayward's an all-star. So I guess we got to give them their props. The Knicks. So when we look at the Eastern Conference, this is such a joke. One team in the East is going to win the first round series and it'll be awful. Because the Bucks, the Nets, and the Sixers are good teams. But then who's going to win the, the, the first round game the next team? The, Probably the Celtics. The Probably the, the Celtics. The Celtics, so the Celtics yeah. So one of those two. But so I'm saying the East is really bad this year. So... The Knicks, I'm not really worried about them like winning without a, a number one score in prime time or in clutch moments because do you really need a number one score in clutch moments in the Eastern Conference? I mean, this conference is pathetic. So I think the Knicks, man, at the end of the day, as a Knicks fan, 
they're ex they're overachieving so i'm they're so happy with this team like this team's so fun to watch we haven't seen a team like this in so long man like when's the last time we've been 13 and 15 and that's so sad to say the one we, mellow. The one we haven't been good in so long yeah and like to see i mean we're not we're not even good is a funny part like we're we're still a bad team it's just in the eastern though. conference we're, we're good enough to make the playoffs so this is awesome i i can't complain about the knicks right now this is awesome as for the Hornets, though, man, I mean, the Hornets are good. Yeah. Man. See, the Hornets, I think LaMelo Ball, that him starting, like when he's in the starting lineup, I think they're, yeah. what, 10 and 4, 9 and 4. Like, they're, like LaMelo Ball might low key make this team a four seed. That would be nuts. Yeah. Because I mean, if you, watch can, the, if, if you watch the Hornets play, they, they run great offense. Nobody stands around. They all catch the ball and they either shoot it, they drive or they pass instantly. And I think a lot of that is just like LaMelo Ball's effect. Everybody's like moving so fluidly, there's a lot of ball movement. I think they're second in the league in passes per game behind the, only the Warriors. So, yeah, I mean, credit to their coach. They've just – they've played very unselfish basketball. And it's a fun team to watch. Too. There's still a lot of good young teams. guys. Yeah, the, the, so the Hornets – yeah, so I, I, see the Hornets and Knicks, man, I, if you're a fan of either team, you should be pumped. You should be pumped. Because he's definitely yeah, over-exceeding expectations. you got some good young players that are, uh, like, exceeding expectations. LaMelo yeah, so and I, then quickly with the Knicks. It's great to see. Quickly's been great. All right, so now let's move on to the Celtics. We just touched on them briefly. Oh, Jesus, um, they're three and seven in their last ten. They also have some really good young players, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. But it seems like the supporting cast isn't as uh, as good as we really. I mean, we didn't really expect much from them, but the supporting cast isn't good enough we to you know. Them to be better than thirteen and thirteen, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's this could be a testament to the GM, right? And Danny Ainge, he's made some yeah, bad Yeah, because he's too conservative, way too conservative. They've never, they, like, still, ever since that Nets trade, they just never made yeah. the one huge move. You know, yeah, and then that's he, why I've that never understood. Free, they just signed Kemba Walker because they, they didn't want to sign any of Jason Tatum never fell to three, the third pick. Like, they, they would still be bad. You know, like, they're, like, the, the, the sole reason they're good is because they had one Nets pick that they hit on with Jason Tatum. And let me tell you something. Do you want to you know, you know, uh, you know why I say draft picks are always overrated? It's because these teams play so conservative. They never, they never want to trade the, this for the superstar. Like the Niners, why not put all your picks together and go get Deshaun Watson? Conservative, being conservative kills you in these I moments. I think the NFL because, is a little different than the NBA. No, but, the I, NBA, no, but I like no, here's I why, though. Here's, here's why I'm about to say that. It's because... Look at the Lakers. They they're out, they go out and get Anthony Davis for like a ton of picks in some yeah, championship that was 100% teams. 100% the right move, yeah. But, and then by the time his contract expires, they'll have all their picks again. So it doesn't matter. In the mm-hmm. Cel- the Celtics now, dude, they could have had a ton of like that they had so many draft picks from the the trade for the Nets with Kevin Garnett and, and Paul Pierce. They could have made so much moves. Instead, they hold on Jalen Brown. They hold on Jason Tatum. They get Kyrie. That's like the best thing you can get. The Kyrie. People were thinking they were going to sign Kevin Durant and then trade yeah, for Kevin Durant was Anthony Davis. And they end up with Anthony Al Davis. And, yeah. Like, come on. Like you Definitely gotta, dude. You gotta put your marbles together and just send it, dude. For because this team is never winning a championship with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. They're not winning a championship. No. Especially not they're not good enough. Path. So. I they think that terrible support. They should have been way more aggressive, dude. Screw the draft picks. You know, go out and get the guy because, like Frank said, by the time their contracts are up, you'll have your picks back. You'll be perfectly fine. You'll be good though for the next like ten years because a superstar can single handedly make you a good team for so long. They need LeBron James is the living right. proof of that. Kevin Durant's the living proof of that. The Nets were bad until Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving came around. Yeah, and then the same thing with the James Harden trade. It was like, oh, they gave up so many picks. How many of those picks? Who are cares? Better than James Harden. Who cares? No, none. none. Not a in, single one. And and half of them will be bust. They'll be they'll mm-hmm. literally be bust. Yeah, they'll suck so much. And maybe one will be a superstar. But like the fact of the matter is, you got James Harden. 
You you're in the championship trade. window for the next three years. Yeah, and listen, even if you get so, let's say hypothetically they get Nikola Jokic, the next Nikola Jokic out of that pick, at, is would you rather have James Harden to pair up with your two superstars or Nikola Jokic by himself? By himself, like, by, like by himself, exactly. You have to capitalize on the opportunity at at, at the time. Get the guy to pair with two superstars and actually put that together, win a championship rather than get Nikola Jokic or any superstar by himself. And then it'll turn to a Kemba Walker situation in Charlotte where he wants out eventually because the team sucks around him. So I'm a big fan. I just think it's so ironic that the Nets are now like way better than the Celtics when five years ago, the Nets were the worst spot of any team ever. And the Celtics had like 400 draft picks. Hmm. They were in the best. They were in the best spot. The Celtics because they had all the. They had two teams draft picks for like mm-hmm. like 10 years. It felt like it's, so. It's really funny because that's all. All the Nets did is they just signed two superstars in free agency. That's what it's about in the NBA. Not it, holding dude, on to draft. People picks. don't see. People don't understand. Dude, draft picks are so overrated in the NBA. Overrated like, in the NBA. They're almost bro. useless. Honestly, even top like, 10 picks are bust. Like, you see the guy exactly. Look at the Timberwolves. How, how many number one picks they have? Yeah, they have like 20, bro. They have like 20. And they're going to be picking number one overall again this year. I mean, it's like. And they're still not going to be good. Yeah, they'll get Cade Cunningham and they'll still suck. Get another player who can't play defense again. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. work. They, they allow like 125 points a game. That guy, like that guy Saunders is awful. He's awful. Like, fire him. What are you doing? Who knows? Know, but the Timberwolves have a lot of problems. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They're bad. But the, we'll talk about the Suns real quick because the Suns, talk about getting players through trade, giving up draft picks. Chris Paul. This guy has them at, at a fourth seed in the West, I believe. They're mm-hmm. nine and one in the last ten games. They're on fire. Yeah, and they're seventeen and nine. Just right like that. This is the dude. The Suns for all these years, they wanted draft picks, draft picks, draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. And they missed on all they got, of them. And then mm-hmm. you immediately you start to change your thought process and be like, oh, we should get superstars. We should trade for superstars. Yeah, Chris Paul, you're an instant contender. It's not that hard. You just can't sit with these draft picks who are going to turn to dragon benders. These guys who were awful. Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Josh, Jack- Josh Terrible. Jackson's. Terrible. They hit These on Devin Booker. Suck. That was actually a later pick. That was like what? That was, third, well, that was number 13. 13. That's, yeah, just, 13 that's, right? just the Kentucky, that's just the Kentucky guard pick. Every Kentucky guard that has been drafted has been fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the Suns, are we are we buying into this team? Are they contenders? Like, what do we I think, think about this, the Suns? This speaks now? volumes of Chris Paul and his ability to like win games, at least in the regular season, because the postseason Agreed. is a completely different story. But the CP3 effect is real, at least in the regular season. I mean, he has he hasn't put No, he hasn't been games. put in good circumstances in the, in the postseason, though. He hasn't been put in a fair position. Though. And he got no, hurt with there. the Rockets at one time that they had that one shot to beat the Because Adam Silver, so, really um, David Stern ruined his chances at a championship. He, yeah, he rigged them with by not putting Kobe. Imagine Kobe really buying this ball. This ball has this like this is a tremendous job by him to have this team winning games because the Suns have not been winning games in the past ten years. Exactly, not man. This is this is crazy. Mm-hmm. It just shows the effect that one guy on your on in the NBA can have on your team is is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Even the Thunder last year, dude, that team was supposed to be fifteenth in the West. Yeah. They get Chris Paul gets like a five seed. They have mm-hmm. the five. They took the Rockets they were, they seven were games with the Rockets. Yeah. They almost they could have made it to the second they could have round. won that series. They could have they could that's yeah. unbelievable considering that they were supposed to be a 15 seed. Like Chris Paul, I, I love that man. That's why I say people say Chris Paul, you know, he's overrated. No, he's not. He is on the same tier, in my opinion, as a Kyrie Irving, just because his impact on a team is crazy. He might not be as good of a scorer or as talented as Kyrie Irving. I, I won't, you know, argue that, but his his winning mentality's impact on a team is crazy. Yeah, I can agree with that. These past two years have really changed my view on him a little bit because taking two bad teams and turning them into winners. 
That's and his funny. development with like other uh, players as well, like you shy, take the jump, and I think Booker's gonna like taking a little bit, like he'll take more of a jump once. Yeah, super I three leaves, absolutely. But he's helping a lot of these younger guys out too, and helping them become better basketball players. Let, letting the game come to them slower, slower pace, you know. And he's it's been fantastic, to say the least. All right, so how about we just jump in really quickly? We're gonna name one um, breakout player this year and one disappointing player. So uh, Ben, why don't you start us off with your breakout? All right, player? so my breakout player. De'Aaron Fox. Now, I think I might have disrespected him in the Instagram post, according to many of you guys who kind of low-key went off on me, saying that De'Aaron Fox should be ahead of Kyle Lowry. You know, fair enough. And I think I did probably, you know, underrate De'Aaron Fox. I think if I were to make it now, I would move him up a tier because he's really been balling out the season. There, there's no doubt about it. And he uh, has the Kings are now like 12 and 12, right? And, you know, that's not a crazy record, but the Kings aren't anything special and he hasn't playing good. So, there. Good job, Darren Fox. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big De'Aaron Fox fan, but my breakout player is Jalen Brown. I mean, he he's just taken – he was a great player last year, but he's just taken another step. Yeah. You look at his numbers. He's averaging 27 on 51% shooting, That's crazy. 41% from three. His numbers are better than Jason Tatum right now. I mean, he's, nobody, he's better than Jason Tatum this year. Obviously, nobody's going to ever say, oh, Jalen Brown's better than Jason Tatum, but, I mean, he's just been tremendous this year for them. I don't think anybody expects him to take that step from, like, star to legitimate superstar. So – I've been impressed. Yeah, absolutely. And then I, I went with IQ there. I know he's a rookie, but he's been playing fantastic. In limited minutes with the Knicks, he's probably been one of the best rookies. And if he was playing as many minutes as a guy like Anthony Edwards or LaMelo Ball, I think he would LaMelo easily Ball. be a rookie of the year candidate. Um, I think the last game that IQ played, he had 22-6-4. and four, So he was fantastic. Um, so I don't know. I'm a big a fan shame. of him. And like I, we were just talking in the, the Kentucky guards, you know, it's just – Tyler Hero, Devin Booker, John Wall, Shai Gilders, Alexander. These kids are these kids are fantastic. Uh, yeah, the Kentucky guards, man. I, I can't like say enough good things about them because they're, they're like like have we ever seen like a, a bad Kentucky guard at this point? I mean, like Rajon Rondo, even from like back in the day, um, John Wall, like all these guys. It just like they're so good, and I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, I love Shai. Shai is my favorite. Shai is one of my favorite players in the league. We, now, we may IQ not be is, seeing any Kentucky guards this year. That's for sure. I don't think I can name one guard on the roster this oh, year. Oh well, Kentucky's a mess. Well, wait, yeah. yeah. What about college basketball? Let's talk about that for a little bit. You know, why not off script? But you know, what about Duke? Duke is like is aren't isn't too awful this all, year. All the blue, but uh, all the, the blue one and done struggling because the, they, there was the, no Kentucky. off season and they just bring in seven or eight freshmen and they had no off season. Yeah, they're a mess. You look at look at the best teams in college basketball. It's all upperclassmen this year. Gonzaga, Baylor. It's all these upperclassmen. None of them are superstars. They're all just playing as a team and that's why they're the best teams right now mm-hmm. yeah COVID, covid probably has impacted the ncaa the most or at least college basketball the most because like i think yeah, a lot of even the nfl the rookies have balled out in the nfl nba rookies balling out still just mm-hmm. weird with this i guess i don't know mm-hmm. all right and then we'll lastly we'll just to, to end this off we'll give a disappointing player so far from the 2021 season i'll start off with russell westbrook the Wizards have been Frank, better say without. Say we wrote down, Frank. Say we wrote down. West, I wrote down Westbrook instead of Westbrook. Uh, the, the Wizards have been better without him. They're one of the worst teams in the NBA as is, and I they're agree. worse with Russell Westbrook, who's supposedly considered to be a top five point guard, top ten point guard. That's such a He's lie. Like, fans are lied to. Top ten point guard. Like Kyrie Irving, that uh, Russell Westbrook is even mentioned in the same breath as him. Seriously, Chris Paul is way Chris better Paul. than Russell Westbrook. I He's, agree. Let me, let me, I got so much hate because I remember that, Frank. We were, I think you were on the podcast. It was like season one, episode nine. And I said that they lost the Chris Paul trade, the, the Rockets did. And everybody was like, oh my God, they won, they won. Like, no, like, Chris we Paul didn't say that. is way. No, you didn't say that. No, we both agreed. You didn't. Yeah, no, yeah. We, did, we said 
that the Rockets lost been. a trade. Yeah, we said 100%. that the Rockets lost a trade. Everybody else, so I'm talking about Frank, said that the Rockets, we were crazy. We were, we were like the outliers in that. Everyone thought the Rockets won. We thought they clearly lost. And look, I'm here to rub in your face. Chris Paul is way better than Russell Westbrook. Enough. He sucks. Okay. Yeah, but it's all about the rebounds, man. Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it's all about rebounds. (laughs) Let me tell you something. When the Bulls were playing the Wizards earlier this year, they were in a close game, and the Bulls were up four with 30 seconds left. Zach Levine misses a shot. Russell Westbrook grabs his 10th rebound of the game. And what did the announcers say? Oh, there's a triple triple double for Westbrook. They didn't care at all about the fact that it was a close game. They didn't care about trying to win the game. They cared that he got his triple double. And I was actually blown away that announcers of an NBA team would even mention that. At that point, oh my god, that's actually hilarious. That, that's what Russell Westbrook does, and that's what his fans care about. You see it on Twitter all the time. That's all they care about. They care about the numbers. He's not a winning player. He doesn't help teams win games. Unlike Chris Paul, who we were just talking about before, the guy turns losing teams into winning teams. Like th- that is the most important statistic. Westbrook does the opposite. You could argue. Yeah, even the Rockets from an actual contender to like. Listen, turn the I Rockets. care more about yeah. the win-loss column than I care about the fucking rebounds. And I'm, you know, maybe <laughs> some people disagree with me, but I'd rather win games. So. I de- preach. You know, you you know that. Yeah. All right. So my disappointing player of the year is Kelly Oubre. He was almost a 20 point per game guy last year with the Suns, and he's just been chucking up bricks this year. I thought, as like, he was, I think, a 36% three point shooter last year. I thought that would go up next to Steph Curry. I thought he'd be like a mini Clay Thompson replacement. Obviously, not the same player, but like maybe another 20 point per game season for him. And it just hasn't been the case. Um, the Warriors are still competitive, and that's solely because of one guy. But Kelly Oubre has been a disappointment for sure. Talk about a guy who was playing phenomenal last season, Jamal mm-hmm. Murray in the playoffs in the bubble. He was like, got, people were talking about like superstar for Jamal Murray. People were comparing him to like, like, you know, a lot of like these like top guys and the best player or he was better than Jokic in the, in the bubble, I could argue. And they made it to the Western conference finals. And this year he's been nowhere to be found. Though the seven seed in the West, he's taken a major step back in the, um, from the bubble to now in the regular season. And it's just a guy you thought would be an easy all-star choice. And now he's net, he's not even close to being an all-star caliber guy in the West. So Jamal Murray, man, I, I think, I don't know what it is. He plays good in the playoffs. Like he plays good in the playoffs. And then he dips down the regular season. He did this like the, the year before too. He played good versus Portland that series that they took uh, the Blazers to seven. They lost, but he still played a phenomenal. And then the regular season was step down, playoffs step up. Regular season step down, like what? I'm not sure. I, I mean, it's it like, a, pro- like it's a good problem. To have. It's like a good problem to have, though, right? I mean, it's better than like I mean, Russell Westbrook. The other way around, for sure. Yeah, but it looks like he put <laughs> his ceiling around like 18 points per game, and he's never gonna get the crazy assist numbers because Jokic always has. Because Jokic is the point forward. Yeah, you know, I guess exactly. you can't complain about that, though. I guess it's, you. I mean, if you're playing good in the playoffs, he doesn't shoot great. He's not. He's just. I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely been disappointing. He doesn't fit. So your your real main superstar is Jokic. He doesn't fit as a secondary guy around him. That's that's really most like the, the issue. The Nuggets will never get over the hump with him being their second superstar, or you could or well, second best player. I don't know about that say. though. They were cl- like the you have to think about it this way. If Anthony Davis is actually hurt for a while, like people are saying, the Nuggets are right in the mix of things. They're mm-hmm. right with the, the, so I don't know if we could necessarily say that. That's kind of they're so young, right? They're like Murray. How old is he? Like twenty five, maybe twenty six. Oh, yeah, I mean, they just signed it to the extension, what, like two years ago? The five, oh, yeah, five no, year yeah, 190? They, yeah, yeah, so yeah, they, so, they both are on for a while. Yeah, but how much better is he going to Now, though, 34% from three is unacceptable from a guy who should be getting oh, most people. Oh, 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 let's talk about a superstar who can't shoot a three ball. Luka Doncic. Don, well, yeah, are we going to criticize Luka Doncic for that? Because he can't shoot a three. Nobody seems to care. 
It's like he's like Doncic has never player. been a good three point shooter, and people just seem to forget that for some reason. And you know what? Who, you know what I thought was a better three point shooter, like percentage wise. I know he's like a, sh- a good shooter, but Trey Young, like that guy shoots yeah, like percentage wise. percentage has never been that high yet. He it's jacks like, up a what? lot of shots. Yeah, like because he just shoots. He has very yeah, poor shot fairness, selection. He takes a lot of tough shots. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm not saying he's bad. But he's, bad but he's like a good like, tough shot maker though, kind of right. He, like he, he, like, he takes a lot of Steph Curry like type shots. But the difference yeah. is Steph Curry shoots 45. percent Steph Curry, he's out of this world. He shoots tough yeah. shots, but still makes them. Like, yeah, imagine that's if what he makes was just a corner three shooter, like spot up shooter. And that's between like, that's the difference between Curry and Young. But yeah, um. We're going to wrap up this podcast on um, this, you know, this dumb podcast, but we'll see you guys in the next one. Season three, episode number 13 on Friday. We got a special guest, but we can't announce it yet, obviously, because um, we don't do that around here. Um, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.